Hello, welcome to Barely Legal Comedy Podcast. I'm Alex Baldwin, he's Chris Keogh, he's a barrister, I've got a law degree, we're both comedians. Do you know what, I say I'm a comedian, but I committed like, I committed the ultimate comedian sin, but it's, it, it, there's extenuating circumstances. So what, do you, what would you say is the ultimate comedy sin nowadays? What's the one thing you can't do, would you suggest? And I don't mean... Yeah, go on. Just what do you think it is? You know what I mean? What, well... What do you think is the worst thing you can do if you're a comedian now? Now? Yeah, I don't mean like murder someone. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I mean related to comedy. <laughs> um, I, stealing material. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I did that. Um, extenuating circumstances are that uh, it wasn't on stage, so it's not really technically theft. Right. It was to my niece who's five. Yeah. Um, and so the material is, and it just works so well. It just worked really, really well. So I just carried yeah. on doing it. Um, do you ever remember like... It wasn't he, like a Richard Pryor. No, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine? No, basically I had some wine gums, right? Okay. So um, like I said, do you want a wine gum? And she'd never had a wine gum. Which is, you know, understandable because I don't. They are like old fashioned sweets, yeah. aren't they? They're not exciting sweets. She likes those like blow your head off, sour, and yeah, explosive. Yeah. They look like they come in at toxic waste. So they come in a dustbin or something. Like that. Oh, like, yeah. The, you kid, know the kids I mean? always want to get them, but I just yeah. never let them get them. And then, like, this, we went in the sweet shop and there was like things called. I'm sure they were like farts. There was like donkey poo or something, <laughs> and fart sweets, and these yeah. like. So she normally likes them. And then they had got like these old fashioned wine gums in a in a jar. So I was like, get these. And they'd got the, like you said, on them, burgundy and port. So we get drinks yeah. that don't even exist. So as I was doing it, I was like that. I said, oh, you've got to be really careful with these. And um, if you have one, they've got wine in, you might get drunk. <laughs> and she kind of believed it a bit. And she, but she just did that whole like, she had it and she's like, I don't feel anything. And then I was, I was like pretending to be leathered. And then I was going, oh, we went on a school trip once and we all had wine gums and we're all leathered at the back. and Which I think might be Peter Kay's material, but I'm not even sure if it's Peter Kay's. It's just... Peter Kay does do it on stage. Does it? Is what I will say. But every, yeah, we yeah. all did that at school, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. everybody did that. Like, like drinking, like buying cider lollies and yeah. pretending that they were just frozen cider. Yeah, yeah. And just like absolutely being like... Yeah. Just being absolutely leathered. But... The weird thing, so I'm guilty of that, but I don't know if it's technically theft when you're trying to amuse a five-year-old. Well, no, especially when it was a thing that just Existed everyone before did. before as well. It wasn't like, yeah. Do you know so what I mean? I think that. You know, if you're one of those comedians who just goes, remember when this thing used to happen, it was a thing that actually happened. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you'd then take ownership of all of that history of that thing yeah. that happened. You can't own you know history. I mean? No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. But what was really funny, and I don't know if it was psychosemitic or whatever, but as I was telling her, like, because obviously if you're five, you've only got a vague, you've never been drunk, <clears throat> hopefully. No, no. <laughs> you've only got a vague idea of what it was. And then you probably like, because I was like, it's like being dizzy. And we were in the park anyway. Yeah. And um, so she she goes on the roundabout thing and then is actually technically dizzy. But then also as she keeps eating these wine gums, she's pretending to be pissed. 
but he's suddenly just wildly off ahead and <laughs> just can't get around. And um, it just kind of made me remember, like, you know, sometimes when, let's say you're at university and you were smoking what you thought was weed, and you were like a bit... And you're kind of for like 10, 20 minutes and you're going, oh, I'm really off my head. And then you realise you've been absolutely done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone <laughs> sold you some cuttings of privets or, yeah, yeah. or whatever. Well, uh, to be honest, in, in those days, I wouldn't have known what basil was or oregano. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you just never had it. But you got like a, a mix, bag of mixed herbs and you, you had a smell. Oh, and you're this, like, oh is, this is good, strong <laughs> stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's really but, good. But I mean, it does... That does sort of remind me of a case, you know. Oh, I think I remember that case as yeah. well. Oh, yeah, I remember. I, I remember. So, the case is the crown, sort of Regina. Right. Um, and Shivpuri, which is a great Shivpuri. name. Shivpuri. Yeah, S-H-I-V-P-U-R-I. Right, let me do a prediction. It's going to be a really old case when the Raj was still a thing and it's going to be like an Indian case. <laughs> no, no, it's it's an English case. It's in the Court of Appeal. Right. Um, it's 1984. Oh, right. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. The year we're currently living in, according, yeah. to, the <laughs> according to the internet. Yeah, <laughs> who've never read um, Orwell. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Which, that, I love that. It's the most Orwellian thing you could have. Like, yes. Incorrectly quoting George Orwell on the internet (laughs) in order to shut down debates. It's brilliant. We did, uh, which one did we, we did Animal Farm Mm. at school, like pre-GCSE, I don't think we were even examined on it. Probably like the book you do when you're about 13 or something to try and get you into reading fails miserably. Yeah. Um, But also round about that same time, there was allegedly a very famous adult film called Animal Farm. Right. So we all knew, about, but a bit like, again, so that's all well Yeah. Because we're all like that. Oh, yeah, Animal Farm, and this happens, and this happens, and nobody I know has seen it. Nobody. No, no, it'd be illegal to own that now. Would it? Mm. Okay, yeah, well, yeah. thanks. There you go. Thanks, just, just... <laughs> thanks for making that fun last. <laughs> and not that I think it would be fun no, if it no. was what was supposed to have happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that just being a, a thing that people sort of talked about at school, yeah. you know, and it was always like, you know, one of these things like a mate's cousin had, had got it, you know, like it was that sort of yeah, Exactly, yeah. It was also, and there was also like snuff movies. Everyone sort of, yeah. when I was at school, was like, oh yeah, I've got this movie where most people like get killed and stuff. And yeah. It's kind of right along just the line of childish bull. Yeah, it is. It's it? just Although absolute I suppose life. Animal Farm... The, what the bull gets up to <laughs> there's a little bit different but it's like that full sort of eating wine gums and being drunk it's, it's, it's the same sort of area of like trying to pretend that you know yeah. what adults do and what it's like to be grown up isn't it you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> and really it would just be sitting in like a Victorian house talking about the world trying to be amusing yeah, 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 and exactly. failing yeah, yeah so. <laughs> that's what being an adult's like <laughs> on not enough sleep yeah, it, yeah, it's boring. Stay kids is what it, I would say. Yeah, well, hopefully kids. there's no ten-year-olds listening. But if no, there is, no. don't be in any rush to do ironing or yeah. pay a mortgage. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's rubbish. <laughs> it's no fun. No. Um, yeah. So it's a court of appeal case, 1984, Crown and Shivpuri. Um, the bench is Lord Justice Ackner. Um, right, Ackner. That ring. That's a famous judge. And justices Stuart Smith and Leggett. Right, Smith. Stuart Smith. Oh, wait, so it's hyphenated. Stuart hyphen Smith. Don't give him his his full name. name. Yeah, yeah. 
Because <laughs> that, so 80 odd, uh, to be double barreled in 80 odd, 1984, did you say? Yeah. Must have been because we did the Orwell thing. So that was not as, because now everyone's schooled as double barreled yeah, kids. Yeah. But I don't think there was any double barrel kids at our school. No, no. Well, double barrelled used to be the preserve of the aristocracy, didn't, didn't it? it? Yeah. Whereas to it's preserve now, both it's great now England is. footballers have all got yeah. double barrelled names, aren't exactly, they? Exactly, you know? yeah. Um, and it kind of sometimes means that your mum and dad's not together now. That's yeah. more what it means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so in this case, it's it's basically it's a drugs importation and um, handling and sale case, basically. Awesome. Um, so that's like a bit like the last case we looked at that was corned beef. We've gone up a notch. We've gone up a notch to drugs. Yeah. <laughs> corned beef is like very much an entry um, substance, <laughs> yeah, gateway, a gateway um, substance to <laughs> to this sort of thing. So, um, so basically, um, Shiv Puri was uh, convicted of uh, a couple of offences in relating to um, the uh, the import and, and sale of, and handling of drugs, and he got three years imprisonment basically on each count concurrent. So he served, he would serve three years in general. What does that mean, concurrent? Concurrent. It means um, it will be served at the same time. So you often hear, um, you know, it, it, like in this case. So he's been. Um, I think there were three counts. Uh, there was the importation of drugs. There was um, attempting to be knowingly concerned in harbouring a controlled drug, um, and attempting to, no, there was attempting. There were two counts. Sorry, I beg your pardon. Um, and they were both attempting different things. So you you can be sentenced separately for each one. Yeah. For three years, concurrent means that you will serve your three years at the same time as your other one. In essence. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you get three so years for one offence and one three, year for another. So like you this don't one do he got, four. Yeah. So in this one he got three years for both of them. So he doesn't do six, he does three. Right. Yeah. Well he does eighteen months actually under yeah. under the current rules. But yeah, so and but you can be sentenced consecutively, you know, it depends on the the severity of the of the offences and so on. But you usually I would say it's concurrent, is how it would, yeah. how it would work. Um now, so the circumstances of the prosecution case are relatively, uh, said relatively straightforward, but they're, they're quite interesting. So, um, so when the, the appellant was in India in 1982, okay, so it goes right. back a couple of years. Told you. He agreed with a man. Told you. Yeah, by a couple of years, not you're sending it back a hundred years. Uh, yeah, from, yeah you know, I thought, I thought, it's just Shiv sounds very uh, yeah. like Indian surname. Yeah, um, he agreed with a man called Desai. D-E-S-A-I, that when he, the appellant, returned to England, he would receive and look after a suitcase containing packages of drugs. Right. Um, now, interestingly, he never told him what drugs that they were. Um, he would pass on the drugs in accordance with instructions, which would be given to him. And for this service, he would receive a £1,000, which is probably quite a lot of money in the early 80s, I would have yeah, thought. Yeah. Um, in due course, a case was delivered to his flat in Cambridge, and on the 30th of November, 1982, between 6.45pm and 7pm, the appellant met his co-accused, Mr. Bath, at Southall... Is it Southall or Southall, is it pronounced? Must be Southall, I think. In Southall, Cambridge. Southall Station. Yeah. London. Yeah, I don't know. There's only Southwark that I think of that's Southwark. not Southwark. Yeah, yeah, um, The meeting appeared to be pre-arranged, and they left the station together and walked towards Bath's car. They were arrested by customs officers who had been watching... Right. Um, so they clearly followed these drugs um, somehow or other. And the appellant attempted to run away but was restrained and arrested. They probably saw him coming in to the country from... Yeah, yeah. Because in those days, there weren't CCTVs everywhere and there wasn't like a huge... Well, there wasn't a World Wide Web. 
that you could very easily share information. Yeah, yeah. So possibly they got a phone call from Indian Customs, or maybe not. Maybe they just sniffer dogs found it. If it was in a suitcase, it might have been in the hold. Yeah, yeah. So, and they might have been... I've just followed it to... See, they've yeah, clearly they just, become aware of it and, and followed yeah. them. It's by um, Mr. Big. Yeah. Well, not exactly, that, that's often Mr. <laughs> Bath. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so he, he, he attempted to run away, but he was restrained and arrested. Um, and inside his shoulder bag was a package containing a powdered substance. Um, he was taken to the customs office at New Fetter Lane, Cambridge. Right. Now, during the journey, he was asked how he became to be involved in drugs. And he said it was because of money. Because um, of white gums. <laughs> yeah. He said there were more drugs around his house in Cambridge and that he was looking after them for Mr. Desai. Um, and after being searched and given some refreshment, obviously they're much nicer to them than the police yeah. may have been um, <laughs> at that time, um, he was interviewed in a car. And according to the prosecution, a contemporaneous note was taken. This is prepay, so interviewing, which is the, pros, the uh, yeah. Police and Criminal Evidence Act. So... Um, you know, like interviews in a car with someone writing down what you say would yeah. have been fine uh, back then. Um, but he repeated that he was looking after drugs for Desai, who had told him what to go on. So he told him what happened, and he had arranged to take one of the packages of drugs to Surinder Singh at Southall Station. Right. He knew it was illegal to be involved in the supply of drugs. He did not think the packages contained heroin, but cannabis, which he described as dried hash. Mr. Desai told him that the stuff was Mal, M W A L which the appellant, appellant thought meant drugs. Right. So his, the, the key point for me is that he believes he is clearly handling and effectively dealing in drugs, is, is yeah. what he believes. Um, he got to his flat and he showed them an empty suitcase where the lining was ripped off, which is how the drugs had come in. So, you know, he's quite sort of open with them and upfront as to what's, what's going on. And then he was asked if he wished to make a statement and he typed out his own statement under caution. He described how and when he met Desai, he described the deal, he described that it was called Mal, he described everything that we've just said within this statement. Um, and they say that that amounted to effectively a written confession that he ultimately yeah. signed. He was interviewed again a few days later and he confirmed that he knew he was dealing with drugs. So they're clearly making it sure that they, he said, I knew yeah. that these were drugs. Um, but he didn't know what kind, but that he thought the value was around £50,000. Okay. There were further interviews, and um, in the final interview, and after an analysis had revealed that the substances were actually not drugs, right. they were um, some vegetable material akin to snuff. Um, right. Snuff as in what old Victorian... Tobacco, yeah, yeah. Thingy. You used to sniff, yeah, you yeah. used to inhale it, didn't you? I used to have that when I was a kid at my uh, granddad's. Yeah. He used to give me, because he was a sailor, I'd have, be allowed to have a bit of snuff. I'm talking I was about five. <laughs> I'm not joking, really? I was. And the drink was rum and marshmallow, so it was rum mixed with, and it was in a medicine bottle, and I get a spoonful of that, <laughs> just like presumably if I was being a bit of a dick. So you, I mean like your granddad took it up a level from like <laughs> have some wine guns yeah, that you're doing rum and marshmallow. I bet he's, I bet he's disgusted <laughs> with you. <laughs> and do you know what? It sounds ridiculous, but for all that rum and marshmallow, oh my god, it was the best tasting thing you could ever imagine. <laughs> Snuff was pretty horrible, but yeah. it was. I probably wasn't having much of it. I was probably having like... You were doing it wrong as well, weren't you? Yeah, like blowing out instead of in. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know why people don't do snuff now. 
But what I'm thinking is you could do it in a pub. Yeah, yeah. Well, when they first brought the smoking body, my mate um, said, I'm going to start just doing snuff in the pub <laughs> instead. Can you get it still? I think so, yeah. Probably from specialist really tobacconists. It, it must thought. be terrible for yeah. you. I can remember cigarettes that used to have the option of ripping off the filter and you could yeah. have them unfiltered. Yeah. You could buy them filtered yeah. at one point. I think you still can, can't you? I don't know. I don't know. I've not bought no, cigarettes. No. I don't know if I've ever bought... Oh, I bought, must have bought cigarettes at some point, but... No. Um, I think they're about 12 quid a packet. I, I honestly I, do. No, I think there might be more than that. I'm really? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I was in a shop the other day and like some woman had got something and some cigarettes and it came to 15 quid and it was literally like a packet of crisps. <laughs> Unless those walkers are 14 quid. Yeah, yeah. I think they're about, probably like getting on for like 15 quid. Oh my God. She's like, imagine that every day. That's a lot, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah. No, and this is, is why you'd have to get involved with dealing drugs on behalf of a Mr. Desai that you met in India. (laughs) (laughs) um, Imagine if you had one, like, if you only had cigarettes after sex. That'd be like (laughs) six quid a year. (laughs) Um, Do people still scav fags? Because you'd say, oh, can you have a fag? I think people do, yeah. I don't... But but it must be a lot of money now. That's like the equivalent of asking someone, can I I have a quail's egg? Yeah, (laughs) you, give me a spoonful of caviar, you know? Because I can remember doing that with homeless people and going, I haven't got any money if I didn't have any money, but I have got a cigarette, do you want a cigarette? And they'd always go, yes. Right, okay. But now you'd be like... I'm not going to do fags, mate. Have a £20 note instead. Yeah, yeah, so he's interviewed. Sorry, that's the thing. Um... And once he's been told that it was... But he again said that he suspected very deeply that it was heroin. So even though they knew it wasn't, he's... You know, they're clearly yeah. setting him up to... Yeah, yeah, him yeah. To, You know, to... Because they've realised at this point that they can't actually um, convict him of the of the drugs offences per se because they're not actually drugs. Yeah. However, they might be able to convict him of an attempt to, to deal with all this. Right. Now, okay. last... In the last episode, chronologically, that we did, we don't know whenever anybody's listening, this might be your first episode, what was the case called in the last one? Um, H- Horton and Smith. Yeah, yeah. So in Horton and Smith, you couldn't be done for an attempt of stealing corned beef because in between the police had got involved and effectively seized the corned beef and then sent it back out so that they could find out the larger criminal gang a yeah. large that was dealing in, dealing <laughs> corned beef, and this one's dealing in effectively snuff. So we know for a fact that when was that case? Seventy one that happened. I think the judgment was in seventy three. You said yeah. So we know purely by what happened in Horton and Smith that this dude he can't have committed an offence. Yeah. Well, or, or an attempt. Or an attempt, because there is no attempt. No, but there has been, in the uh, intervening period, a piece of legislation um, issued, uh, you know, enacted in Parliament, right. which has effectively changed the legal landscape somewhat. Right. Now, is it, so his, his evidence is interesting, though, right? Because he says um, that he's, he's a 47-year-old man of good character and he worked as a journalist. Ooh. Right? Um, now, he said that he, when he was in India... Desai had asked him to look after a suitcase containing Mal at his home in England. He was told that a greenish brown powder would be hidden in the case and he would be paid, paid £1,000. Apparently, when he took delivery of the case, he said he tested the powder and found that it not con- did not contain any drugs. Now, I don't know how right. you, at home, on your own, <laughs> test 
the powder to find that it doesn't contain drugs. I don't know how you would do that. Well, you, you know, like in films, like rub use, it along your yeah. gum or something. Um, <laughs> other than other than using it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but he could have injected or smoked if he thinks it's heroin. Yeah. He could have injected yeah. or smoked like. At, things are, at no point in any of his interviews did he tell the police that I tested it and right, found that it yeah. wasn't drugs. So he's clearly telling yeah, porkies yeah. here, he's isn't had he? had a bit of time to think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, he claims, I've been a journalist, he decided that he would go ahead with this suggestion from Mr. Desai because he thought he would get a good story out of it. Um, and therefore, so that's why he said he went along with it all, is what he's saying. Now, it's palpable nonsense, I would say, what he's talking yeah. there. Um, now... But, so the issue, therefore, is is can he, in essence, be charged with the attempt? As you suggested, like the Smith would say not. Yeah. However, um, so Section 1 of the Criminal Attempts Act of 1981 changes the landscape somewhat. So I'll just read out uh, what that act says, what the section says. So Section 1.1 says, If, with intent to commit an offence to which this section applies, a person does an act which is more than merely preparatory, to the commission of the offence, he is guilty of attempting to commit the offence. Okay? Right. Two, a person may be guilty of attempting to commit an offence to which this section applies, even though the facts are such that the commission of the offence is impossible. So that is right. expressly overrules Smith, you would right. say. And he's guilty of both things. So if it, number one, if it wasn't the preparation, if he had the chat in India, but then didn't bring the stuff back. Yeah. Yeah. So if he's even the, if he'd gone yeah. as far to sort of have the chat in India or even buy the, buy a bag yeah, to put it in or whatever, it in India. but doesn't take yeah. you know, delivery of it, yeah, then thingy. But in this case, he's gone as far as going to Southall Station and meeting the guy <laughs> yeah. and yeah. all of that. So yeah. he's gone he's gone much further than being merely like preparatory. preparing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's done. He's definitely done it. And also, number two, he's done that bit too, which. What was number two again? So number two was a person may be guilty of attempting to commit an offence to which this section applies, even though the facts are such that the commission of the offence is impossible. Right. So even though it's this mal, yeah, which I googled in the interim, by the way. All right. You cannot find any definition for M A double L that is not either right. involving M- pal mal. M double A L. It is. M. Ah, oh, right. Oh, that's why. Okay. Right. Well, right. Then. Right, because it almost as well sounds like Dahl, which can be spelt like yeah. that. Yeah. Right, so let me just do some live research. What is Marl? <laughs> Marl is person in charge of the kitchen is called... Oh, no. Marl is... That's <laughs> Marl Waller. Right. Yeah. Slang. Marl Waller. Yeah, because a Waller would be like... Is there, is there someone who, like a, who yeah, does something? Yeah, a tea maker. Or, yeah, yeah. Oh, right, so Marl... Uh, in an urban dictionary, is a personal stash of dope. If you are a nitty, then mal is your fuel. It's another <laughs> word for mainly crack. That so is, is it like, reckon it would have just generically mean drugs in it? Possibly. Personal stash of dope. Hottie. No, that's one meaning. Two, hottie, babe, brackets, female. Or three, contraband. Right, okay. But if it was contraband or dope... Then you know he shouldn't be doing that, and also if it was a a hottie, he shouldn't be doing in babes. Yeah, either, no, no, exactly. So I don't know. That's not really that helpful. Is so it? It, by and large, it just means drugs of, of a non-specified kind. You would say. Yeah, probably. you'd think so. Yeah. So so yeah. So then this is the thing. So he at every point has clearly thought that he was doing that. Yeah. Regardless of what his evidence says, which must have been discounted. Um. So what the and and the court is very clear that effectively. 
prior to the Criminal Attempts Act, he couldn't have been convicted of the attempt yeah. because there were no drugs there. Um, however, because of this act, that, you know, that effectively reverses the decision in Smith. That's what they say. So they say, in our judgment, the Criminal Attempts Act 1991 reverses the decision in Smith by provi providing that a person may be guilty of attempting to commit an offence where the facts are such that an essential ingredient of the substantive offence is missing. We use the word may as it is used in section 1-2 because the conduct of the accused must go beyond mere acts of preparation and he must have the requisite intent, um, which he clearly did in this case because, as we've said, he's gone yeah. all the way through with it um, and, and, he's been, and you know, he's been caught in the act, in essence. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, so that's, so that's that. So he was convicted and his, his appeal was, was quashed and the, the conviction so he carried his three years on. So he did his three years, yeah. He's probably lucky in a way that he got caught by the customs officers because if he's selling, passing summer on to, to a, like a, an actual hardened criminal, he's going, here you go, here's a load of drugs that then turn out not to be. Yeah. He's going to be in bigger trouble with them than three, well, 18 months inside. Potentially, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they give some nice examples of, of how this new law would work. Um, so... Um, like they give an example of the would-be pickpocket who fails to in his endeavour to steal because there was nothing in the pocket right. before he decided to steal or before he had proceeded further than acts of mere preparation. So I so said, oh, at the moment when he inserted his hand, is gen is guilty in each instance of an attempt to steal. So at the moment, you know, if if he as soon as he puts his hand in the pocket, that's beyond a mere preparatory act. Yeah, yeah. So and the other example. Um, is a man who intends to kill is guilty of an attempted murder, although the body in the bed which he attempts to strangle is a dummy placed there mm. by his forewarned intended victim. <laughs> I mean, that's a very elaborate set of circumstances, but... <laughs> I wonder how long he keeps strangling. Uh, oh, what's this? You know. <laughs> that feels like the kind of an excuse of a man caught with a sex doll by his wife and going, I thought it was you, dear. <laughs> <laughs> so so there yeah so that that was the uh, that was the decision there that basically the you know the the law the statutory law all the you know that supersedes is, is another important point supersedes common law so because it's an act of parliament and parliament is sovereign in this country regardless yeah. of what people try and tell you um so yeah so there we go um so that reverses smith smith was good law at the time um whereas now because bad of law. Bad law. Well, you know, it's, it's still an interesting case, but it's been superseded by an act of parliament, which says that you can be guilty of an attempt, yeah. even if there is a, you couldn't have been convicted of the actual um, substantive offence. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was stupid. What a terrible way. Thanks. You do it. You do it. Yeah, so, so there you are. Another little lesson for you all. Um, thanks for listening. Um, and... As like I, I keep subscribe. saying, like and subscribe and share and all of those things that are good. Yeah, just subscribe mainly. Subscribe mainly, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you can find a way of sending us money, then do. <laughs> <laughs> or Dal or Mal. Yeah, yeah, I'd take yeah. Dal. I love yeah, Dal. Yeah. Really oh, yeah. love it. So do I. <laughs>